Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A week after Wembley and some of that uplifting mood has disintegrated already. Was it an outright disaster? bailing out of the FA Cup in the manner we did or was it just one of those things and as Kino used to say we move on there could be some difference of opinion tonight should be good joining me Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker in the studio here is Luke Ball who doesn't need any introducing I wouldn't have thought did that photo of your dad photobombing somebody at Wembley ever materialise it hasn't yet I'm going to be honest I'm looking everywhere for it as well he swears blind are you a bit sceptical because that would have circulated around Twitter by now you would have thought he believes it was of two women as well so he jumped out the back of it I don't believe a word he's saying so (laughs) we'll see that would be sort of the stuff of legends if that ever um, circulates (laughs) Um, joining us on the phone is Nick Holden from Rockery Port Nick says something so that the listeners can hear how pronounced that Somerset accent is (laughs) <laughs> Hello, cider. Cider, <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if you are going to throw something um, stereotypical in. Right, okay, Gareth, I want to start with you, because we sort of <coughs> disagreed a little bit over this. Did, yeah. Um, cases for the team, Gus Poyet put out against Hull on Sunday. Um, a disgrace, a lot of people were saying. Do you want to um, sort of justify some of your outrage? Well, calm down. I wasn't. I wasn't. No, it wasn't quite, me. It wasn't uh, me. It was outrageous. I wasn't quite uh, that forthright on it. Um, I was irritated um, before the game. I was open to the idea if he's going to do it, that's fine. If you get beaten, then that's the that's the issue. See now that that's see now. No, yeah, but we, we, no, but we probably aren't going to disagree as much as I thought then, because my issue was a, was with there was a tone set before the game by some people when they seen the name on the team sheet. Uh, the names on the team sheet saying that's a disgrace to the travelling fans you know even going as far as stuff and that, that that annoyed me from the start a defeat didn't help because contrary to what people might believe I did want to go back to Wembley yeah, you, <laughs> you, you know as well as I did that my partner couldn't go the last game so I wanted her to go because you know we had, we had our, our new arrival and stuff so I was good at it you know I probably would have worked being paid to go down as well I, I was I was absolutely yeah, good at that was, it that was you yeah <laughs> well, no but I mean <laughs> however you know we, we said we said in, this, in the studio last week when we were thinking about the players, the likes of Jack Arini and Scott Gore, that these players need to play. Why not play them against Hull? I know you're saying about the defeat, but just go back to the beginning. So you're mm-hmm. saying you're okay with their, their selection at the start? Um, yeah, in, in some respects. Um, I think the issue is sometimes when you change a lot of players. Um, if you bring in two or three into the mix... That's, you know, it's like um, I'd use a, a, a an example. I would think that would fit. It would be when you see an England team who were put together of a load of basically people who, you know, might not normally get picked, and they ch- rather than chuck one or two of them into a what would you would call your full strength team, you chuck eight of them in together and expect them to be prove I themselves in I one match. Understand what you're saying, but if you look at the trio who played in in the midfield, cut them all. Larson, Colbert. Yeah, they aren't strangers. The focal point of your no, team, the no, nucleus of your no. team. How do you think about a local overreaction for you or not? Um, I just think the team lacked cohesion. I go back to what was said before. Um, I do agree. If you change too many players, but then we still have Bardsley, as you said, there, uh, Catamol, Colbert. Mm-hmm. Um, so the team wasn't. I mean, that different. I was mean, it? Yeah, I mean, we were saying again. You know, I've just mentioned the fact that we, I mean, Gareth was was campaigning for Jack Arini to, to start in the final mm-hmm. and for Larson so they mm-hmm. both played yeah. Virginie had a stinker against Arsenal granted um, but before that you know we were waxing lyrical about mm-hmm. him as well so you know the, the the side wasn't the side wasn't sort of the, these weren't youth players coming into the side these no. were international players coming into the team and I don't have a problem with anybody being upset with the maybe the player application on the but day, but that's not what a lot of people were saying. A lot of people you know, using the word disgrace. That's what really riled me. It's not a disgrace to play these kind of players. We need these players for the rest of the season. 
they need to stop playing yes but this, that goes back to other there's other question marks that brings up you know um, for me Jackarini bring him in yeah but playing with Barini and Johnson don't you know don't change the entire front three I mean that's a key area of the pitch and you've changed it completely um, things like that so if it works then you go brilliant that's how good it, I am it did it did uh, against Southampton uh, yeah, and in the quarter final of the league cup as well yeah. I'd like to know what Nick thinks now about it Nick <laughs> um, I thought Stocco, Fletcher and Virginie, all all of them could be needed on the run-in, um, especially Stocco and Fletcher, because Barini is essentially our only decent in-form striker at the moment. Mm-hmm. And let's, but let, let, let's, injury, remember, let's remember that Barini's only played one game through the middle. Yeah, one, one game down the middle as well. And so the Fletcher like inclusion Alex wasn't that much of a surprise, was it? I was surprised. No, and I think all of, them, Sorry, all of no. them need fitness. Sorry, um, all, of them need, all of them need kind of fitness and match sharpness, kind of Stocco, Fletcher and Virginie. And you don't like to use the FA Cup for like a warm-up game, but you know if if we want to stay up, what if Barini, you know, you know, breaks his leg against Liverpool? We've got nothing at the moment, so I kind of think that kind of Fletcher and Scotto, especially, at least one of them, probably both of them, just need to get up to speed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the thing, Luke. I was I was kind of expecting everybody to disagree, mate. Like nobody is. I'm a little bit disappointed about it, but um, like like Nick just said there. I mean we. Gus Poyet's went in that game with the assumption we're going to win. Yeah. We've done it in the other cup games. He didn't put a team out to lose. That's just nonsense. If you I think, don't believe if, that. yeah, exactly. But if you if you think that you're an idiot, okay, right. <laughs> if Gus Poyet's went in with the assumption this side's going to win, so he isn't just prioritising the Premier League by playing these players. What he's doing is setting himself up for the rest of the season. That would have, in his mind, included a semi-final and a final. Yeah. Because if if suddenly these players are injured, then you throw on. Scott go on the like into a semi-final game. Uh, now, now they've had games. They're now fit players. They can be judged accordingly. Um, I don't think he didn't prioritise the, um, the, the the cup game. It's just there was a risk to be taken by playing those players, and unfortunately, it didn't work. Um, to call the team selection a disgrace, I think it's a bit strong. Since mm. when has Sunderland ever had um, the, the the ability to, to pick two different elevens? Yes. They never yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they, these, like you said, you made the point earlier, Luke, Jack Arrini and the like, you know, they, they cost money, they cost a lot of money, these international players. Italian international players, a Serie A winner. Some of them don't usually have those type of players, and then all of a sudden now he's, a, he's part of a, a band of a disgraceful team. Mm-hmm. I, I can't have that, yeah. to be honest with you. Goalkeeper came in and saved a penalty, Gareth? Yeah, I thought the keeper did well, actually. I think he's been quite good on every occasion he's played, and uh, I quite like the way he um, drops on the ball like an 11-year-old in the playground <laughs> when he catches it as well. <laughs> Have you calmed down a bit since Sunday? Because I'm sure you were more annoyed than this on Sunday. Just, when well, we, the thing that was when the, was the fact that we'd been at Wembley enchanting people and hypnotising people. Still, do you think were people being selfish and wanting to go back, of, to go back to Covent Garden on the night rather than thinking about right, the team? There's a couple of points here, right? I was more annoyed. I was more drunk. Well, I'm <laughs> yeah, not drunk. I was. I was too as well. Yeah. So if I've offended anybody, I'm sorry. Yeah. I had a few as well. Yeah, we're well, not sorry. I was. Uh, <laughs> I, I was. Uh, <laughs> I, I was more drunk. And um, yeah, I, I'm still. It still does great with us a bit because you kind of, <clears throat> you know, listen to. A, I was being off the last few days, and usually I listen to me football podcasts on the way to work, and like listen to them on the way to work this morning. It's disappointing because you, you know, you're listening it over and over again, and thinking like, oh god, we could have been back at Wembley, and that's that. I mean, that's the main driving force behind this frustration, but. If you're going to make a lot of changes to your team and you lose and you put in the performance that they did, then you're going to have to answer the questions. Yeah. People are going to question that. I yeah. don't think Poyet, it's fair for Poyet to come out and say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. People <laughs> can only people can only judge. Did on he direct that at you? Right, pro- yeah, I've got <laughs> been getting abused been on the phone, <laughs> ruining me days off. Um, but no, he's, he's in a situation there where he's come out and made that comment and pe- we're only going to be able to judge on face value what we see our opinions he knows what's going on in the background but we don't mm-hmm. but does that mean that we can't discuss why we're disappointed and we've lost the game and the reasons why we might have lost the games with the knowledge we know I disagree with him there and I, I'm a big fan of him um, and he's probably that might have come out of frustration from himself at the fact that we've gone out of the competition and that's a key point Nick as well isn't it because it's not like yeah. Poyet was happy about the defeat was it he's come out and that's you know that's one of the more sort of damning appraisals of the side he's ever given isn't it mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that I thought kind of like I said I can see some of them being in there, but I just thought 
bringing in the center and dropping. I'll give anybody the center on, yeah. I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. But like not not playing key. Like it's not like Larson or Colback needs game time. It's not like we need to see what they're about given match fitness. We know what they do. Um, and in a game when we're trying to impose ourselves, like they don't really do a lot. Um, I think I just thought kind of it gives the wrong message. Like I don't know if Alonso was injured. I've not heard anything about that. But to mm. kind of leave him out and leave Key out, just yeah, it just sends the wrong message. Like it was too many changes. I think yeah. some of them you could see the justification for. But you, even with the star, he played really well. But you, you bring in a sub keeper, it kind of gives a message that uh, maybe it doesn't matter so much. And I thought that was kind of the issue. Like the way the team was selected, like I think Gareth said earlier, a lot of the the build up was a bit like, you know, it'd be great, but take it or leave it. And how's the team really going to get that up for it if that's the kind of message they think they're getting? I know you're saying, Luke, on the other hand, I'd, I'd sort of counter that with saying, uh, raising a point that we touched on last week, that some of these fringe players that get called now, they're again from away from Wembley, they want to get in the team. It would be a perfect opportunity for them. To, it's a perfect yeah, platform for them to yeah. come to the team. Um, I do agree with what I said about the sub-goalkeeper. For me, you stick with continuity, you go with Manon, he's a... He's done excellent recently, and plus he assures the defence. Um, the Desena one, you give anybody. Um, it's just, I'm a little bit d- disappointed with the, the strikers from the whole game. Um, you know what you get from the midfield. You know, they work hard yeah. week in, week out. Okay, they don't have exuberant amount of class, but you know what you get from them. But to go there and to, to suffer defeat like that with no real no real intention of taking mm. the game by that. And, and that's something, you know, I agreed with from the start. I didn't have a problem with anybody complaining about the application of players in the game. Gareth, we come back to these, Luke's just mentioned their midfielders, the same midfielders who have let down three managers in a row now. Mm. All of a sudden, have we been, because of the trip to Wembley and stuff, we've we been a little bit fooled by these players again, almost, because they kind of pulled the wool over Martin O'Neill's, eye, Martin O'Neill's eyes, I think, and are we fall into the same trap again because... We second bottom in the league, remember? Um, <laughs> I don't know what that was. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hope we picked it up. Gus He's on. He's on his again. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Actually, Nick made a good point there about the midfield three, and I never really thought about that. Yeah, they have played together, like you mentioned, um, but we didn't really have a, a different kind of player in there. It was all quite sort of similar types of players. Um, but I think again before the League Cup final, Key wasn't doing brilliantly by no, his high standards. I know he set high standards, but you know there is going to be a time when these games come thick and fast. Sorry for the cliche, but the, some of these other players are going to have to play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, what, what is that? <laughs> is that your phone, Nick? It's not mine. I'm on it. Oh, My phone oh. used, uh, used up on this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me. It's quite. It's quite nice though. Um, yeah. Um, I can't remember what we're talking about. <laughs> key, yeah, key's. Bit, you know, the, the point of you know people are going to play badly from time to time, um, and that's something you can take. But you know, the like we kind of in, in, implied is maybe there's just too many, too many changes, too many. You know, you know, Scott was going to look around. He's going to see Fletcher, who has been out of form and out of fitness for a good twelve, fourteen, fifteen months. Um, Jackarini, who's Yes, he's a good player, but he's been in and out of the team. He's maybe struggled to settle. I'm sure he'd admit that. And then he looks behind him, the key player, and key isn't there. Um, I think that whole team looked like you know, a pre-Gus Poyer team, didn't it? You know, like an average will work hard for a little bit, then if it doesn't go away, so be it. And that's not what Gus Poyer's about, and I think that's probably what I was most disappointed with. There's no real, there's no real spark. Usually in his team, there's a little bit of an incentive somewhere, and that team just... Didn't look like they want to get out of second gear, to be honest with you. Mm. Did you, stru- did you think, struggle to get going? Sorry, carry on, Nick. I was just going to say, I think that midfield just always lacks spark. Like, Colback and Larson, I think Larson in particular, Larson's really good in games like City in yeah. the final. On the back or foot. At home. On the back foot, yeah. exactly. And I think to an extent, Colback as well, some of his best games, even even when we beat Mags 3-0 this season, it was kind of a bit more of a kind of counter-attacking performance. Those were his best moments. When we want to impose ourselves, Colback, Larson... Catamult to an extent aren't going to pick a key pass out. They're not going to pick out a through ball. They're not going to get it over the top. Was was he and was without was key he, there? We're not carving anyone open. Was mm-hmm. the idea perhaps though that Hull would come at us so we could we could counter attack? We would be on the back foot a little bit because I, I think, think you're going to get a bit of both. They're kind of they're, they're not worse than us. They're not much better than us. It's just it's one of those games where you're going to need to sit back. You're going to need to go forwards. And when we're going forwards, we've got nothing to get in behind them at all, really. You know, Key's the one player in our midfield who you think can can open a gap, and we didn't play him. 
I think it's sort of epitomised by a lot of people saying this player should have played, that player should have played. Luke, after the final, Lee Catamol would have been the first name on everybody's team sheet. He was having a good game, to be fair, up until I'm a certain point. He's given my hair at the reaction he's been receiving recently. Mm-hmm. He's gone from being a world beater against Man City to a liability uh, championship player. I've seen him being called. You get that with Lee. I think we said that last time I was here. We said that all season since he signed. You're going to get games where he's going to assert himself and he's going to be excellent. Then he's going to be games where he makes mistakes. Now, the, the good thing about Lee is he's prepared to get on the ball. Uh, people who get on the ball most will make the most mistakes. It's the law of averages. I'd rather he did that in some games and cost us maybe the game than in every other game puts his foot on the ball um, and puts his foot through the ball as well and on, on, on the players. Um, I just don't know. You can't ask a player to play that well one week then to call him a disgrace and a championship player the next I think that's a bit harsh to be honest with you typical Sunderland fan if you ask me Gareth it it opens up an interesting debate doesn't it because we've had a debate on here about whether Lee Catamol can play further forward now the mistake against Villa the two mistakes on the weekend would suggest that might be the only option now in a way because that's an important position and as Luke says you know I mean you know Everybody knows that we like Lee Catamol, both written things about him and, and stuck up for him in the past. But that position is crucial, isn't it? And if if teams are going to start targeting targeting that area now, is, it, is he going to be better further up the field? Just ahead of Bridcut? Um, possibly. We, we yeah. have this debate all the time, but it, it's looking likely that that's possibly going to be the only way, certainly for now, until he adapts to it even yeah. more. It's an, it is interesting, and I think you know Gus came out and said some some what you said Luke about him you know the likelihood is he is going to make more errors because he's involved in the game a lot and he wants to get involved and in the game he's brave enough too and he doesn't, exactly. hide, he doesn't hide does he no but he doesn't he, he makes a mistake he doesn't hide I think that's you know he, sh- he should be given I, I, I agree with you I think it's it's you know it's gone it just goes a bit too far it's that bipolar nature of football sport where one minute you you know think that like you say the greatest player in the Premier League and then the next minute they're the worst People, like I said, people have bad spells. People make mistakes. You know the problem is, I don't like, I don't like it either. That you know, it's been lumped on Catamol. You know, the, the weekend because you could argue that before that second goal, he we was never, a great game, we never, wasn't he? He was having a good yeah. game. And as a, as a side, we didn't like you said we were lackluster. We didn't look like getting into the game. And Catamol and you know, I mean, O'Shea was getting criticised, but. You know, sometimes defenders get the run on you and they get the jump. What can you do? I mean, he's I back. think through his own bravery, tough. Lee becomes a bit of a focal point for you know the stick because he's prepared to be there, prepared to to be shown. I think he becomes an easy focal point. He's all right to sit in the background like other players can and not really stand out and think. Oh, he did. He did okay. He didn't do nothing great. Didn't do anything bad. But at least Lee wants to assert himself on the game, and that's the risk he takes. Unfortunately, yeah. I think that's probably fair in that. Like looking back on the game, I can't really remember. Can you remember what Seb Larson did or Jack Colback did? Like, I can't say, you know, they didn't do anything good, but I can't remember them doing anything it's bad. It's standard just, with Seb, to be honest. They just, yeah, they just they turned up, they played for 90 minutes, and then they went home. You know, at least with Catamore, you, you realised he was he there, played, even yeah. if it was giving away two goals, you know, and that's always what he does. Would you take him out that? I don't want to be overdramatic and call it the firing line, Nick, because I wouldn't take him out the side, but would you take him from that deep line role, push him further up? I think, I think it will happen anyway. I mean, you don't buy... Bridcut, the player that was your favourite player at the previous club, as Poirier, and then not play him in that key role. I think you know. I think unless he's really out of form or banned or injured, Bridcut's always going to start at the base of the midfield. So if Catamol's going to play, I think it's ahead of Bridcut or not. Well, he's going to play ahead of Bridcut or he's not going to play. So I'm not really against Palace. You know, it could be battling in the middle. Probably could still be useful. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a there's a battle for that third midfield spot, isn't it? I think Bridcut's I think yeah. should be a certainty now. Um, key will be and I think now it's, that's going to be the that's th- callback yeah. Cats well, we, or yeah. Gardner going well, for that we, we've come to that when we talk about Palace specifically is any is any is any positives from the game that anybody can take is anybody yeah it's finished with yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's didn't simple. go to extra time yeah, yeah. that's simple eh I don't know oh, it's a bit of bit actually yeah we didn't get a replay that would have been terrible I would have taken the replay I tell you <laughs> personally well it's another game to give some players yeah, some minutes in it Apparently or something I don't know. Something apparently, like that, yeah. yeah, that's the uh, that's the you know can't be playing them in reserve games or send them on loan for twenty eight days to get the fitness up. They've got to play a really important FA Cup quarterfinals. It's just I don't know. I don't think I think we're getting a little bit carried away, a little bit selfish because we went to Wembley before. That, that was, yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. for me. That's what it is. Um, People are losing sight of of the big picture a little bit, aren't they? But there was a great opportunity there as well, though. So I think that does need to be recognised. It's just uh, I think as fans we're getting a little bit carried away with ourselves with uh, going back to Wembley for another. Drunken weekend, I think. It, d- it depends what t- what it depends what you term as the bigger picture, though. 
Stephen. That's that's my you know. What I'm not. You, tr- no, I'm not trying to sort of drive it. The fact that staying in the Premier League is more important than winning cups. No, that, I, that's I wouldn't. Not point. That's not even a debate. I don't yeah. think. I don't think that it, that's it. It really is a. You know that's an interesting one, and people have their own opinions in that, and I don't think you can judge anybody either way. People like love to play in the Premier League and play the what perceived to be the top teams in the country, and see the top class players come to some of your home ground, go to these brilliant stadiums. It is fantastic, but you I know, su- I suppose for me the positive from it is now everybody has had minutes now, so they can all be accounted for. It's not like it's an excuse of oh, you know, he's unfit, he hasn't, he's only had so many yeah. minutes. Now everyone has to be stood up and counted for, and the players aren't performing now. Out you pop out the team, we'll put someone in who can now. And, uh, I suppose that's the positive to take from it. It's now everybody's pulling the same direction. Everyone's got the same sort of fitness. And now, obviously, the big picture now is to try and give ourselves the best position to, to stay in the league. I'm asked, clutching the straws by thinking that um, it gets the players out of the comfort zone a little bit as well, because that's what Sunderland need. We, I, I, keep, I keep going on about this, and I think it's often epitomised by Phil Bardsley. Um, Sunderland players fall in their comfort zone, and they get exposed for what they are. They're, they're not a great... Yeah. They're not a great collective yeah. group of players are they they're not in, as, as a group they're not but then I think is it is it 8 or 9 wins we've had since January that's not a bad return from a bad average oh, no, team no, of, uh, yeah. of players though. but then again I look at the, a lot of them are cup wins aren't they as well that's the thing that's uh, that's disappointing I suppose I would have liked to have seen them assert themselves a little bit better against Hull there's certain players that even I looked at Bards I thought he could have done so much more he looked so disappointed against Man City then I look later on the game he's getting frustrated and a little bit of petulance sticks in again and it just that's the sort of thing that Sunderland obviously need to rub out is if you're going to get beat, get beat, and do a. You might as well be professional yeah. while you're getting beat because he goes away. He, he nudges the left winger. He can get himself sent off. That's let me go back to being like silly Lee Catmull, silly Phil Bars. He getting sent off. That's when it becomes a little bit dangerous, to be honest. It's interesting in cup games. Sorry, look, uh, to just say it's interesting that after there wasn't a lot of criticism level that say Wes Brown for some of his indiscretions this season when he's perceived to be that key player, mm-hmm. and then when Catmull, you know, there's this rep- Catmull's got this reputation. You know, one was rescinded rightly on Brown, but who's, you know, who's been sent off the most in the last eighteen months? Yeah, you'd point to him, and he's—you could argue—he's probably more key than than Catamore in some respects. Of what he gets, you know, he gets away with it, and I think there's a lot of that perception of of Catamore that goes against him. But we've talked about that plenty of times, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk <laughs> about Crystal Palace um, just now, which means. We're going to have to lose Nick, really, because we've got another foreign guest coming on. We'll ask, <laughs> we'll ask, we'll ask Mick what he would do in this situation. <laughs> we can't do that, though, unfortunately, because we've got a foreign guest on. You'll we have to come up with... We had another soundbite. I did three soundbites today. I thought this would be a really funny idea. And all that's I've got happened... i jingles. I'm pretty yeah. happy with that. All that's happened is that all I can think about is Mick Hucknall and all I can think about is... Um, that song been singing it all day at work so I'm glad you're thinking of me Gareth well I'm not thinking of you I'm thinking of Mick it's That's different it's, it's different with his little moon ginger face do you want the nice outroar now then Nick just to finish it off yeah I think leave on a high ok I'd like to thank Rock Reports Nick thank oh, you very much work <laughs> <laughs> There you go, big finish. If we could be bothered, we'll go back and edit and tighten that up a little bit. We're not going to no, do no. that, though. We're going to move on now. Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk Cheers, next bad. about the Take Crystal Palace game. Okay, talking about Crystal Palace now. Um, this game's worrying the life out of me, I'll be honest. Um, are the, are the only, Gareth, the only thing we've learned from the changes Gus made then in the last game is that in fact this squad as a whole isn't as strong as we thought or we'd like to believe and that he's going to have to go back to the sort of core players where, where does the side change from the final for example um, there's going to be an extra attacking player for a start yeah I, I guess that that is the issue isn't it with the, the final team is with the callback playing from the left was a bit of a strange one which so won't happen again no, he's thought, not going to no. do that um, I imagine he'll go with the front three. Um, you know, the temptation might be to bring Altador back in through the middle and push Barini wide. Personally, I think he'll go um, with Barini through the middle, Johnson. Um, and then Ma- who's the other? That's the interesting one. Might isn't be it? tempted the, the to put Larson up there. Might be tempted to 
to switch, uh, put Jack Marini in there. He could put Scott in there. So he's got some options, I guess. I think that proved a point, Luke. If Gav's just put a a possible scenario together there, Barini starts through the middle, which a lot of people are campaigning for, mm-hmm. then either Jack Arini or Scott Gore's got to play, which sort of justifies their selection against Hull. We yeah, back we're back to there again, aren't we? We're back to there again. And now the two, I'd definitely go with Jack Arini, that's for sure, an international player of his calibre. I just don't know where he's where he's gone from. We spoke at Christmas time, and we, he was all, he's all on fire on his, all his cylinders, and all of a sudden now he's gone backwards, and I don't understand it. It's interesting. One, I want to bring in Jim now, because Jim, we... we we have this we have this problem up here. We we can't play sides. I'm not going to call you a a sort of poor side. I see a side in and around us near the table. We have a problem with those sides coming up here, putting players behind the ball, challenging us to break them down, and nicking a one nil win on the counter attack. Perhaps is that the likely way Crystal Palace Tony Pulis are going to set up? How does he set up away from home generally? Yeah, that is that is pretty much exactly the way they're going to do. Damn, it. we did that. We did that at Swansea. I mean, to be honest, you'll like. It depends how confident you guys are, but you'll see a lot of the ball Not early very. on, definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny you, you were saying before, like you're oh, you're really nervous about this game. We're really nervous. About, I'm nervous about this game as well. Like, I think it's just going to be a horrible atmosphere. It's just going to be everyone's just going to need a hug from everyone else. It's just going to be one of those horrible atmospheres where no one's confident at all. But yeah, they'll, they'll definitely they'll definitely be defensive, um, or not so much defensive, but they'll definitely sort of sit back and let you have possession. Uh, certainly for the first half. I mean, we did that way at Swansea, and we got we got outplayed so 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 much. But that they didn't really have any chances. Like we were sort of happy to let them uh, have most of the ball in, in their half. But then as soon as they sort of uh, approached the edge of the area, you know, suddenly there's about 400 Palace shirts swarming around <laughs> the ball. So that's that's the approach it'll be. And then and then and then in the second half, he, he might go for it, depending on how many goals we're down by. Then surely Key's position becomes quite important now, doesn't it? Because there's not that many players going to carve open Crystal Palace's defence. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, Jim. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that, that is kind of our strength, really, this season. If 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 that can be a strength, um, in that I think we are quite hard to break down. Um, we we lack. I mean, we're a kind of classic Pulis team almost. Really. I hasten to say that, but we are starting to come like that. We we lack creativity a bit, and we lack ideas. And certainly now Murray's back. We've really started playing Pulis ball, if you want to call it that. And, and Southampton, it was just long stuff up the top all the time. But but at the back, we are we are fairly kind of solid, really, and and, and look quite confident. Uh, and won't, won't broken down as much. But I mean, now I've said that, you'll, you'll probably have to tell. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm interested in the, the centre midfield battle, Jim, because. At Stoke, Tony Pulis liked his midfielders. Uh, it was Whitehead and Whelan, I think, mainly, wasn't it? Uh, mm. He liked to get the ball away from the area. He didn't He didn't like a possession battle in the middle of the park. Similar, Gareth, to the way Poyet set up against Newcastle. Mm. The instructions for Colbach, cut them all that game. Get the ball away from yeah. Kabai and Teoria. You know, we don't want a possession battle in the middle here. Get the ball out wide. Get the ball up. It was Altador that day, wasn't it? Is he doing that, Jim? Is is he? Is, are those because let's let's be honest. Gus Poyet's going to fancy that. We're going to have three players in the middle. We play a possession game now. Pulis isn't going to be having any of that, is he? Well, I mean, interesting you say that. We, we we set up with three players in the middle against Southampton last week, uh, and it didn't it didn't really work. I mean, we, we were the home team, uh, and it was uh, Jedinak, KG, and and Joe Ledley in the middle, and it was way too defensive, and, and we just didn't have any any potent potency going forward um, and yeah they're not really ball playing I mean, oh, well, they're def- I mean Jednak cannot pass to a teammate I mean literally if there was two Palace players on the pitch and one of them was Jednak he'd still find the stand <laughs> or another team the opposition somehow it's, it's so frustrating he, I mean he, he, he tops the lists for tackles and blocks and all sorts and he's, he's brilliant but um, when it comes to passing he's, he's absolutely terrible um, and, and KG is not much better. Ledley's got a little bit more about him, but I think you're right that we will have the guys in the middle there to break up stuff, uh, but it won't be pretty and it, and it won't be possession. Uh, no, it definitely won't be. How long's Jordan? How, how long? How well has Jordan Ledley done? He was an interesting one. He's somebody at Seligar was always um, keen to know how he would do in the Premier League because I've never been that convinced. How's he doing? Well, he hasn't played, I don't think, in the same position week to week yet. I think he's played three or four times for us. He seems to got, he played, started at left back on his debut, and then he was at left mid, I think, away at Swansea, then centre mid against uh, Southampton. So he's your classic kind of versatile 
Uh, it reminds me when I was a kid. Actually, I got uh, I got voted at my Sunday team most versatile player. <laughs> I think it was an award they made up because I was yeah. pretty rubbish. Um, that's only but, that's but, only slightly better than the most improved, improved. player award. That <laughs> yeah, which I never got. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I mean that 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 does I think kind of typify Joe Levy, and I'm not sure he's really got one position. Um, but he's fairly he's dependable, I think, from what I can see so far. And in fact, against Southampton, he was probably our our best midfielder, although that's not really saying much because I think Jednak had a, had a really poor game. But um, he'll definitely get stuck in and he seems very keen. And, and you get the impression there might be a bit more to come from him. You know, he scored a good goal in his debut. I think there might be more to come from Ledley. And certainly for a, a quarter of a million pounds, I think it's an absolute bargain. Come to Gareth now. Gareth, I don't want to be captain obvious here, but if ever a game needed an early goal, this would be it, wouldn't it? Mm. As long as it's not an own head. Yeah, yeah, you know <laughs> what that, I mean. That, yeah. that would be the ultimate uh, <laughs> issues, like like Jim was saying there, about Palace are quite solid and teams find it difficult to break them down. Well, <clears throat> Sunderland uh, find it very difficult to break down mm-hmm. teams who defend well like that at home, and that's my worry. Um, the issue is <clears throat> with uh, with Sunderland, the way we play is that it's we try and kind of play through the middle. Of, we kind of play the width of the box, like when we get sort of a lot of possession in the opposition half. And it's trying to get the the full backs in behind, and then see what they can do. It's very sort of tight, um, and I just wonder whether or not Palace might be able to snuff that out. It, you know, it might be one of those ones that's destined for a nil nil, um, because we will have if 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 Palace are willing to surrender the ball, then I think you know they'll find it difficult to get it back. But at the same time, it's you know what are we going to be able to do when we've got it and. It's a breakaway of players as well, isn't it? It was our Bonghoff Villa, wasn't it? Well, Who's going to be a breakaway of players, Tom? Tom Ince is the, ob- the obvious yes. one. Players who's likely to, to sort of hit us on the counter-attack. Um, oh, you're going to me? Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> I called uh, it Tom uh, instead of Jim, I think. Tom Ince was in my mind. Ince would be if he if he starts. He hasn't started the last two games. No, sorry, he started he start Swansea, but came off at half-time and, and wasn't very good and was on the bench for Southampton. I suspect he might be on the bench again. Uh, in terms of breakaway players, our, our, our best is probably Yannick Balassi. Um, but that's a bit depressing, really, because he's not. He's, not I, 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 he's, got, he's one of those players that's got so much energy and, and, he, and he plays with a smile on his face every week, but he's not actually that good. And it, it, his final ball is terrible. He, so often he'll beat a fullback, you know, tricks and turns and stuff, even, even though most of the time. You know the fullbacks don't know what he's doing. He doesn't really know what he's doing. You know he'll sort of do all these tricks and stuff on the ball. And you think you don't, you haven't got clue what you're doing, Balassi. And then he'll get free and he'll go to cross it and it'll go out and it'll be cleared and stuff. He's really frustrating. I mean, now and then you'll get flashes of genius, but mostly it's it's very infuriating. But he's, he's pacey and he's strong. So if you are talking about breakaway players, I think he could be one for us. Unless in, I mean, I really like Tom Ince. I think he looks fantastic, but he hasn't quite really settled yet. Mm. If there's ever a game somebody wants to wants to sort of stake the claim and announce their arrival, it's normally against Sunderland. Luke, we um, touched on the on the fact earlier there, going back to the central midfield issue. Who do we put forward for that third midfielder? Then you said there's a place up for grabs. Um, we, we you know we we're getting the impression here from Jim. I think we all thought anyway the Pulis would sort of set up be hard to break down first and foremost. So that's likely to happen. We've already we've already established that Brid Cup will play. That key will play. I, I would have thought. Who, who's going to be the third one? Catamol. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. I like to be structurally strong and probably go with Jack because I do like left-sided players on the left. It's just I'm very reluctant to take Lee out of the, you know, the, the fire land, so to speak, because I think that sets the wrong precedent for him. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I think that could be one of those things where you might lose... If you do, if you take him out of it, he needs responsibility next week, and he needs to to put his foot on the game and hopefully have a better game. And then it'll fire him up again because he does bring other players on. Mm. I think if you take Lee out of that zone, I think it might be to the detriment of other players as well. To be honest, little to be honest. test for Gus's man management now. Then Gareth, mm. 
I, I agree with Luke. I think I would keep him in just as a short at the expense fit. of mm-hmm. at the expense of callback. Well, or Bridcut. I mean, that would be the that would be the really interesting one. Um, if you'd left him out, if you left Bridco out and kept Catamol in, I think that would really that's the pressure turned that, right up, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's pressure on him, and also it's uh, that sh- a lot of shows a lot of faith in Catamol. I'd play them both. Yeah, I would as well. Yeah, um, Bridcut, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I play Bridcut and Catamol. I think Catamol's use of the ball is very good. I've said all the time. I think he's underrated on the ball, mm-hmm. um, and you know he can do some great stuff. You know, some great passes and like if we're going to have a lot of the ball like Jim's um, sort of mentioned there then I, I, if we're not going there's not going to be a lot of pressure on the ball yeah. then we'll you know that's not really a massive issue and he's got yep. that lifeline of Bridcut being there as well and he, the, yeah. the pressure is off him just a little bit but then again I think Jack's retention of the ball is quite good we've said that yeah. last time I was here but it doesn't it's not probing passes yeah. is it it's not a it's not in behind and it the could defense. be interesting like a point that, a point that Jim keeps making is that, that Palace almost going to sort of concede possession um, then do we, do we really need call but do we need somebody for that do we retention? need to keep possession yeah. for possession's sake I don't yeah, think we yeah. do to be honest with you I'd rather put, put um, Cats in there in work in work the ball give it a key and hopefully Key puts one in behind I'd rather do that to be honest with you I'd I get a little bit bored playing percentages of football because, especially when you don't go anywhere with it. To be honest with you, and it's certainly if you want to break a team down, not necessarily the way to go. No, it's not. No, and it's going to end up want to be one of those things. We're going to get eighty minutes. They're going to get a corner and score. It's as simple as that. You know, it's something got a, a history of doing that sort of thing. So I'd rather, I would give Cats a go, mate. To be honest with where you, where are we on the front three? On the front front three, then, Luke. I don't know. I I think Barini's got to go up one, top. Yeah, I think Barini's got to go up top. Yeah. I think similar as that. And you go Johnson then. Wherever you put Larson there, Yagarin. For some reason, I like Yagarin. I just, for, I just understand why, why he's he's stalling at the minute in time. He has been for a little bit for a little bit of time now. Um, obviously, when my father was in charge, he was on fire. Two goals and was at three games. But I know he's off off. Um, just played Brini. off a striker then. Didn't he was he? just. But there's no reason why he can't come inside and off yeah. off Brini. They're both Italian. They should be able to have a conversation with each other <laughs> or two, shouldn't they? So. I don't know, and I think with with him and Johnson, both flexible, you can switch them around if you, if you need to, you, you know. So, I would go with Jacarina. And plus, you're going to know about him then because he's now in a, a relegation scrap. You're going to you're going to see the test of his character now. He's either going to want to play in it, or he's going to shirk away from it. Then, but prior to the final, Gareth, we were sort of driving at the fact he'd sort of played himself mm. in the contention in recent weeks, hadn't Definitely he? Definitely hard. Yeah, I don't think he was, you know, too bad actually against Hull com- like comparatively with the rest of them I don't really I mean he, he did okay I mean wasn't brilliant but you know not none of them were so I, I'd give Jack Rini a go like Luke's saying he's interchangeable it it's gives you good options and we're going to have to be clever to break down the Palace defence movement you know Barini and, and, and Jack Rini's movement's actually very good yeah. um, and if they can get moving around that that might be the thing that will give you the the gaps that you need to to pick, and then whether or not we can take the opportunities is going to be the issue, which we have been guilty of missing big chances to to take points in games, and that that's going to be can we get can we create the chance, and when we do, we're going to have to take it. Like you say, if there's no early goal and it's nil nil with 20 minutes to go, it's not going to be. I think it's going to need more than a hug, Jim. To be honest, I <laughs> yeah. think it's going to be a very unpleasant uh, stadium of light. So, and the thing with the Jack Marini, unfortunately, we've got the old Sunderland adage of he's, he's a workhorse. He, he will put the shift in, and I think he's probably going to put one more than Sokoko will do. And I just can't see Altador getting this team. Unfortunately, I was going to say nobody's mentioned Altador yet. Are we are we writing his inclusion off, Gareth? Because one thing we can be sure about is Poyet likes to spring surprises on mm. us, and we, we're all talking about a side we think we'll see mm-hmm. at the weekend. Would anybody be that surprised if he if, if Alador was to start or a point was going to try something totally different because you just never know do you? it's exciting in one way in one aspect isn't it I don't know, you I don't know it, what you're going to get I think it's too early to bring out the door back for the effect of the dropping in the cup final to yeah. to take you know to drop him for two weeks and then just bring him straight back in I he, don't might know be, he might be chomping at the, he at might the be bit, chomping at the bit yeah. but you know don't let the dog off the leash too early that, that would be my. Uh, that would be my. Uh, I don't know where to go with that analogy. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, well, yeah, he's been like a jog dog chasing a ball at times, hasn't he? To be fair to him, but even though I've defended him quite a bit, for me, you can't you can't bring him back in the home game anyway. I think he gets enough yeah. stick as it is. If you're going to bring him back, it'd be in a way game, and might be the last half an hour. Then introduce him. But for me, in a pressure game like this, I don't think you can bring him back for yeah. this game uh, just to protect himself. To be honest, yeah. I know he's a he's a big strong man earning thousands and thousands of pounds a week, but. You can you can kill a player by doing that. Yeah. To be honest, 
and right. it goes back to Gus's man management. Is it the safest, safest um, assumption to make that the Doss won't be playing left back? <laughs> Yeah, I think that, that's uh, well. That would be the bookies wouldn't the bookies wouldn't give you odds no, on that, no. would they? Is, it would. Uh, do you think Pulis will spring any surprises, Jim? I know he's not. You know, over the years in the Premier League, he's not been the most inventive of characters. He seems to buy when he bought the good players at Stoke. He seems to leave them out or leave them on the bench. But um, I know I've been really impressed with what Palace have done because. You know, Sunderland and, and Palace were basically just written off after seven games. Parallels, isn't it? You know, and for Palace to do, you know. I mean, people. I think, to be honest, I think Pulis is uh, what up there, probably one of the manager of the season contenders if he, he keeps Palace be, up. Because, be. you know, like no offense, I mean, I, I don't think there was ever really a lot of quality in the Palace squad, and he's managed to mm. create something. People, people. He's managed to make yeah. them effective, and he managed. He's managed to make They're them almost like a safe bet now, aren't they? Yeah, he's, I think they'll stay up as well. Yeah. Don't say that. Don't <laughs> say safe bet. <laughs> um, yeah, he's. You're exactly right. He, he, the turnaround's been fantastic. Really, he's just he's just made us win those important games that you need to win. You know, against the sides in and around you in the table. Those home games against Cardiff and West Ham at the time, and Hull and Stoke. Like, we just got points. We haven't had a crazy. You know, you guys have beaten Man City and Stoke beat Man United. But we haven't had a crazy shock win, but we've just got on with it and beaten the teams in and around us. And I think that's that's what you got to do. And you're right. There isn't. There wasn't much quality in the team before, and there is a bit more now. I think with Tom Ince, but it's not. It's not the most attractive of teams. But you know, when you're back in the Premier League in your first season, and in fact, when you've never stayed up in the Premier League before, longer than one season, you just got to work hard, and you just got to get the best out of what you've got. Uh, Was he the fans' choice? And take on. Sorry. Was he the fans' choice? I mean, he's not exactly the most inspiring of of appointments. Uh, yeah, I think he was kind of reluctant fans' choice. You know, it, I think we all knew that he was had the best chance of keeping us up in the league. I mean, there were some more attractive, you know, exciting ones like Dan Petrescu. Apparently, was very close to to taking the job. But then you look at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and you think, well, that gamble hasn't really paid off for Cardiff. And I think if we'd have got Petrescu, I think we'd be probably gone by now. I think it's too much for gamble. Pulis was the banker for staying up, and that's I mean, Touchwood. Yeah, he goes about his job quietly. Then he knows the league. He knows what's going on. And to be honest. It, if I heard his contract was at two million pound, if he gets for them to stay up, and to be honest, something it's, crazy like it's, that. It's, but it's then if you earn, you're going to earn a hundred million. So yeah. it's probably money well spent, isn't it? What's your fixture list? Uh, your fixture pile up now um, regarding the fixture list? Is it kind? Is it kind? Is it is it starting to get it's worse? Because Palace have the scene of the took off uh, under uh, under Pulis, didn't they? And it seemed to have calmed down a little bit recently. Yeah. That, that a, a bit of uncertainty has crept in. It's not, yeah, not quite as confident as, as they were before. In the last couple of games, really, there was there was points for taking. You know, May United at home. I know that sounds weird to say that, <laughs> but they were definitely there for the taking. Yeah. And so was Southampton. They'd lost three on the bounce, and we just there was just a bit of uncertainty sort of creeping in. And in both those games, and in fact, going back to a point you guys were saying earlier, in both those games, we we gifted them the first goal. You know, we, against United, it was a rash challenge for a penalty by Shamak, and then. Against Southampton, it was that horrible back pass by uh, Jason Punchin. But before that, we were in both games, and, and I suspect if, if, if the first goal, like you said, the first goal can be very important in this game. And you know, I think if anything, we will, if we do concede, it will probably be a gift because we just we just have those moments of rashness every now and then. And maybe they're inexperienced. I don't know, but you know, we're probably going to rely on a moment of rashness if, if we're being honest, Jim. Yeah. Because <laughs> we'll we, take that. Yeah. Um, do you do you think you win? Can we get a prediction from you? Um, possibly. I mean, I just don't know. I, I, you were saying nil nil earlier. I think nil nil was probably uh, the right result. Um, but I just don't know. I really don't know this Palace team at the moment. You know, I, I kind of thought we were, we were dead and buried earlier in the season, and then they surprise you and they turn it around and. Then I started to believe a few weeks ago, and now we're now we're sort of looking a bit uh, uncertain. So I just don't know. I, I know it'll be hard to break down. It'll be it'll be a one goal either way. I think be very close. I think. I mean, maybe we'll sneak it one nil, but I wouldn't be surprised if you guys do the reverse. And I'll 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 be putting money on nil nil. I think probably. A lot, a lot of then again, I just I just lost loads of money on Cheltenham. So <laughs> <laughs> Gareth, a lot of people have been going with the one nil either way or nil nil narrative. It's hard to argue with that, isn't it? Mm. I'm going to predict a 1-0 win to Sunderland and that's just because 
we need to win because we need to win because <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't bring myself blind to, to, yeah I can't I can't bring myself to admit that it might go on nil the other way or it might be a draw and I don't think you know a draw is better for Palace than it is for Sunderland um, I think at the moment I think you know Palace games one of the games we've got what Swansea West Ham um, at home uh, Cardiff at home Palace at home and away from home we've got Norwich we've got to win four of those six games I would say and you know if we win the one on Saturday, we need to win three of the five. So it, I've just got to say one nil sometimes. Just <laughs> otherwise, I'll not sleep on Friday night. Luke, I'm not sure. I think it'd be one of the ones where someone self implode, then we get beat <laughs> three nil. You know, from two corners and a, and a set piece sort of thing. I'm not sure. I'd rather see us go for it. If we're going to get beat, I'd rather we get, we get beat two three nil because we've gone for it than sit back and try and play possession and concede in the 80th minute because that's what my, one of my bugbears of football when we try and do that sort of thing that's sort of the, the way the game's going in my head I'm afraid I'm afraid that's, to that's what I mean I'd yeah. rather we went for it to be honest with you and we went you know we went for it if we, if, we, if we concede a few because we're going for it so be it because you've got, to, you've got to win games and you can only win games by scoring goals so I think generally when I give a negative prediction we do alright so I'm going to say Crystal Palace four, Sunderland one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say a nil-nil, but my head's saying a one-nil reverse. But I'm just leaving it there. I'm just leaving it there because I don't want to be all doom and gloom. Okay, just want to finish spending five ten minutes now having a bit chat about the about where Sunderland go from here, really. Uh, we touched on the point earlier on, Gareth. How important can the crowd be now? Because Wembley sort of almost united everybody. I, I felt a, a sense of unity that hadn't been here possibly since since Keane was here mm. as manager. And it, we we talk about it a lot that when you've been in the Premier League for as long as we have under this current spell now, what, seven seasons or something, it becomes sort of second nature to you. You get a little bit complacent. That Wembley, the cup run, gives us a little bit of a spark. The reaction, the overreaction, which you agree with now after the whole after the Seriously. whole defeat, it's yeah, sort okay. of um, bringing back nasty memories again. And the crowd are going to be important from here on in, aren't they? Especially the Crystal Palace game. We've touched on it a little bit, but how confident are you? And you know, I don't want to sound too sort of corny and cliched, but the, how important are the crowd going to be? It's massive. Um, I've 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 criticised elements of the support on the program before, and it doesn't go down too well. People feel as though there's a there's a mentality I think in football where when you buy a ticket for a football match, you dare to be Some people no, some people yeah. think that it comes with a win. It doesn't, especially if you're going to Sunderland. You know you should know that over the years that you're not guaranteed anything. Can't take anything for granted. And I think Saturday worries me because I think it'll be a prime example of that situation where it's going to be people are going to rock up expecting, and the £10 tickets on as well, which is, you know, it's fine. Um, but there'll be people who are going who don't normally go. Um, and I think a lot of people will come down and be expecting to be entertained and to win. And I don't think just because it's Palace. I'd have rather this game be. been away, to be honest with you. Even, even looking at it tactically, I'd rather this game was away. I think. Current after last week, um, with then with Gus Poyer's tactics not being quite right, I think he's got a big job on at home. I think the fans can expect an early goal or two, maybe. And I just against Palace, I just can't see it to mm. be honest with you. Yeah, I think people got to give Palace, you know, the the credit they deserve for setting up to make it difficult, and they're really good at it. And mm-hmm. comparatively, like we aren't very good at breaking those teams down. And I think it's going to be tough. And the crowd need to stay with them. The crowd need to get behind them. They can't be more. It's sort of back. It's like. We we speak about this a lot, don't we? That you know we worry about breaking teams down and stuff. And the cup's been a nice distraction. It's sort of suddenly back to reality, isn't it? I know in the um, the bit we do for Durham Times, which you should all be buying every week to read mine and Gareth's uh, ramblings. Um, I was sort of comparing a, you know, an analogy, like you know when you wait when you've had a, a weekend on the lash and you wake up on a Monday morning and you realise you've got to go to work. <laughs> it's kind of almost like that, isn't it? Back to reality. Oh no, we've got a side coming in now. Like you say, the crowd are gonna probably unjustifiably expecting the beat and it's just it's, it's just, just not an easy game yeah, whatsoever I just just, can't. it fills me with dread I'll be honest yeah. it really does it, to be honest I think it's a shame it's got like that but this, this, that's the, the fact of it to be honest with you it's not an easy game at all and if we come away with a clean sheet at least I think it's a positive result for Sunderland and whether 
you know the the other side of the Sunderland fans agree with that. I'm not sure because that's got to be a starting point, hasn't it? And mm-hmm. like you say, the tests that's the sort of thing that tests fans' patience up here, Gareth. Is you've got to you've got to go out there thinking, okay, clean sheet first. Mm-hmm. You don't lose the game. Mm-hmm. Might not be what everybody wants to see, but it's probably mm-hmm. what. And how is that going to be enough for them as yeah. well? I think um, you know I'm, I'm at the stage now where the you know the these games come along. Realistically, these are the games you're targeting for points. If we're not winning them. You don't deserve it's, to send the league. It's, exactly, it's going to make it tough to go on. You know, like I've said, I think we needed we need four wins, and then we've got we've got Liverpool, Everton, Man Man City, Man United, and Chelsea to come in the last twelve. Mm. Um, that's tough. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have to aim out these games to the wins, and the Sunderland crowd, you know, can be. A weapon they really can when they, when they get behind but them. Are people going to buy into this ten pound deal. Do you think? Do you think people know enough about it? I mean, I've tried to do my bit on Twitter, stoke up interest, mm. and I would say me between me and my part of my group of friends now, we've probably given our details to six people. So yeah, I've sort of given mine and my dad's to somebody. Yeah. They've taken up the the chances. Because I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if it's been advertised enough. Really, it's, it has been advertised around, and I guess it's down. I guess maybe the club are a little bit. Hesitant to push it too much because it probably puts a few people's nose out with joint mm-hmm. and see their perspective mm-hmm. as well because they're thinking, well, I've bought a season ticket and there's bigger fish to fry. Because it's not, it's, it's not just, yeah. I know, but you know, you, these are human beings. You talk about Stephen, they're not, you know, they're <laughs> not, not fish, robots. Not they, fish they are frying. fish frying. <laughs> frying fish. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's like you know, some people will twist. Well, some Sunderland supporters will twist on twenty one, as they say, and that that you know, they're going to be moaning about something. And so. if we'd won last week, would they've been pushing them even further then, though? You know, if we'd, if we'd come away and got a result yeah. against Hull, would we then be seeing these ten pound tickets galore? You would do so. It's, 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 it's devil's advocate, really, isn't it, when it comes to this sort of thing? Is it a good thing that? Because I've I've sensed a lot of negativity about this game, which I suppose contradicts what we're saying here about the false expect expectation levels of Sunderland fans. So, could that be a good thing? Because Sunderland often pull results out of the bag when we don't expect it, and if you know. I'm just you know me, I clutch at straws, mm. eh? I'm looking for something here. So I just say it's a maybe, I don't know, it's a it, I don't think in you know, you don't know what's gonna happen. It's it's just it's just gotta be you've gotta be mindful that it's gonna be difficult. That'd be my yeah. you can't just rock up and expect to go oh, it's palace, three points in the bag. It doesn't work like but that. I thought, I don't think to be fair, this I, generally I think that's right and I mean I brought it up as well. Three own, in, in, three in own this, wins in, this, yeah, this, in, in, this year. In this, in this case, I sense things are a little bit different. I think fans are a little bit more yeah. realistic about but got, things. It's about channeling that realism and, and, and anxiety in mm-hmm. the right ways. It's about making sure we're all going to be frustrated. There's going to be times where we give the ball away. There's going to be spells where we can't get it back. There's going to be spells where we're not pressurising their back back. Well, back five, it's back gonna, six, it's, back it's seven, go, whatever it's go, enough. It's, it's going to be. It's going to be great. Like Luke times. mentioned earlier when. Keeping possession for possession's sake. You, the, the, yeah. What it comes down to is a player gets a ball in the final third, he turns around and goes back. But that, the, I that's, don't, that's I don't, sort of what gets people frustrated. It, I, I, I They're going to have to get used to that, though, under this manager. It's all, so I've said before about the possession game, it's about working their opportunity at the right time. And if it takes six, if they have to work the ball six times across to get to get the position to capitalise, I, I am going to problem with that. It's when someone gets it the fourth time and it's not on. And they try and force it. They mm-hmm. try and put a ball in the box that isn't on, and they give the ball away. That's almost what the fans, some fans, some demand, fa- isn't it? They yeah. demand do people. So that I mean, I say I've seen these stands. It's full of a, you know, main, it's mainly older people, and they've probably grown up in an era where football is very different, and they've got a very different idea of it. That's people's opinions. That's fine, but I don't like it when it turns into a. I don't like it when it gets poisonous and becomes negative. It becomes a problem. Stoke at home was a prime example. Um, they made it really difficult for us, especially when they had ten men and probably should have got back in the game and didn't, and we got away with it, um, and we managed to get the three points. But that was, you know, that was one of the home wins this season, and that was one of the worst atmospheres <laughs> yeah. of the season. So, Do, where are we with it, Lucas? It's a, it's a catch twenty two, isn't it? You know, um, Gareth touched on the on the fact there that fans all turn up almost expecting to be entertained now because of, to be fair, in some cases because of the money. They appear to go much mm-hmm. football now. It isn't mm-hmm. a cheap industry anymore. 
and the players will be the first to turn around and say we need the fans to lift us from the start to, to pull a performance out that's, you know, it works both ways doesn't it it's a tricky it, one it does and it's hard for the for the fans to accept it when you, you play Hull last week and you see the application wasn't there from some of the mm. players they can't have it all their own way it's no point the, the players coming out and playing lip service oh we need the fans this week we need the fans this week they're the same players who to be honest with you are underperforming earlier on this season so they, they need to give something back as well and I think the players need to accept that it's just as we said before, Gus Poyer comes with a certain philosophy, and I think Sunderland fans who haven't bought into it now, you know, they need to start recognising that it's not going to change. And the more you want to go to the finals, the more you want to beat teams like Newcastle with, under Gus Poyer, you're going to have to accept how Sunderland are going to play. If and you're one of those fans, just start watching more football, perhaps modern football. I've, I've really educate yourself a little bit more. I've really, I've really enjoyed watching. Get out and Gus, do some coaching really badges. Possibly, yeah. I, I've done that. Get out and uh, it just brings all new perspectives. Or football's moved on, as you say. Mm. It's not too bad where I sit, to be honest, in the north stand. So I don't know if it is an age thing. Is, is it ages to suggest that? I don't know. I just yeah. think it's historically <laughs> Sunderland have never been known as a passing team. Really, if you look at go back to our most recent successful years with Quinn and Phillips, you've got a six foot four forward. You're not going to play possession football with him. Are you? mm. You're going to put the ball in and around him and get Phillips to work off him. And if you compare our most successful periods, then. You understand why Sunderland fans mm. want to be a little bit more direct at times, but unfortunately, we don't have neither Quinn nor Phillips, nor some of them, yeah. nor Johnson. It's and hard. It's that, hard. That, that, that style's been sussed yeah. as well. It's hasn't been it? sussed yeah. out. I yeah. think it's harder to do that now. Yeah, you've got to be more dynamic. You've got to be intelligent. But that's um, the thing. But does Poye have the that in his ammunition? It's the playing stuff, flip isn't it? it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, see, without the door, I think you can work from him. I don't think he's never been a number one forward. He's always. He's one where you can work off and have someone like Barini in and around because Barini's intelligent enough to pick the runs, to pick times when to go or not. It's just sometimes I'd like to see Poye maybe have a little bit more in his tactical locker just to say, look, we get, we're drawing nils each here. It's 80th minute. Why don't we go a little bit more direct, see how it goes? Because some, to be honest, the fans will want to see that on the mm. 80th, 80th minute. They won't want to see um, O'Shea and Brown passing backs and forwards like best friends. You know, if it's nils <laughs> each on the 80th minute, they don't want to see that. I don't know. I'm I'm sort of a little bit the opposite because I kind of I kind of think I've seen people lo- lo- load the ball in and mm-hmm. chuck, you know, where to make chuck four forwards on and finding the, the balance as always. Yeah, it's finding the it? balance. I mean, I think Gus like tactically he's been, you know, he's done some stuff where I think wow, like that's impressive. He's um, been the most intelligent manager at Sunderland for yeah. the last few years. I definitely, yeah. I definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it did, Don't tell it your is. dad that. No, <laughs> that's including him as well, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, speaking of your dad and youth team football, we'll move on to the uh, sort of talking off off mic with with Luke about the uh, sort of the debating point um, regarding sort of players. Say, for example, he cited as an example, Luke was at Atari and uh, Virginie. Yeah, you've got ready-made players like Jordan Pickford. An England international youth team player. Then you've got John Egan, who then goes ahead and scores an unbelievable goal for Southend the other night. I think them players are ready to. Be <laughs> <laughs> it's like disco going in here. Um, I think those players are ready to, to come in and, and play. It's just I get a little bit frustrated that we look abroad or we look further afield than looking at our own players. Um, okay, we've produced Henderson and Colback recently. There's not there's not that many players that come through on a regular basis. However, there are there players in our development squad who probably. Are ready to be there or there. Is, about, is it easier to sort of um, absorb these players in, in, implement that strategy when you have a side who aren't involved in a relegation battle, perhaps? I mean, for example, you mentioned Henderson callback there. They were sort of afforded the luxury of, of not being in relegation scraps. And is it easier to sort of just ease them in? Theoretically, then? yes, but these are grown men. They want to be paid to play football. You know, they they got the toilet standing up, they want to be men, they want to be counted for, and if they want to be professional footballers and play for Sunderland Football Club, you need to accept that you are going to be in a relegation battle every other year, maybe. So, they, if they want to be professional footballers, come in, accept it, and be, be counted for. That's the way I look I at this. I suppose the hardest thing, Gareth, is, 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 is gauging sort of the balance, isn't it, again? Um, because the examples Luke's given there, you know, it would be hard to argue with that, that you know, neither of those two players are signed specifically for the first mm-hmm. team but then of course when you do have the players for the first team who have brought in like Key and Barini and the like you know they are improving the team mm-hmm. so it's fine and it's it's gauging it, isn't it and working out you know do we need to go foreign in this position or can we sort of blend somebody into the side it's it must be, it must be difficult and, and among, amongst other decisions the managers have to make I don't think it's you know I've got a few views on this mate. I don't think it's purely about going, based on going foreign I think maybe it's um 
managers go and with players they know and feel they can trust. I mm-hmm. mean, Poyet's probably, and I think he know, knows of Virginia. He, he knows know Virginia, yeah. And then you've got the situation that they are, you know, fully-fledged, you know, foot, footballers yeah. who, you know, and then when you're in the struggle, you, do you want to chuck in, you know, a young 19-year-old yeah. keeper, you mm-hmm. know, in the Premier League? It's tough. It's a tough decision to make, and maybe it's, you know, more than a manager's job's worth to do that. Now, my my perception on all this it, it goes back to the loan system and, and youth development people talk about um, quota systems in England I think that's a terrible idea because what would happen is clubs like Sunderland would basically become feeder clubs for the big clubs because if, they, if there was a limited well if mm-hmm. you had to include a number of players in your team Sunderland would produce good players and then those players would be bought and then we'd be left with the players who are not so good mm-hmm. and the cycle would pro- all go over again the loan system's an issue. I don't think bring back the reserve league. I don't think you should have mm. loans. I don't think you should have loans between Championship and Premier League at all. I think if you've got youth players, then they should be going out and loan to League One, or League Two, and they should be limited. You shouldn't have more than so many loans because <laughs> getting into it. Um, they should have more. They should be limited because the situation there is the parent club can then just keep on farming out this player. Now, I don't. I mean, Luke's played. You know, high level youth football, so I could be talking a load of rubbish. But what does that say when a youth player has been farmed out on loan four or five times to five different teams for six month spells? It must be great to be playing first team football, but there's a there's a stage in that lad's career where he's got to decide what where he wants to play, and the cl- the parent clubs got to decide what they're going to do with him. Now, if they if they if they rate him, they're more inclined. Then they know they can't keep farming out. They're going to have to push him through and start playing him or sell him. That way, he gets to play football and develop his career elsewhere. It's it's interesting because you look at someone like Andros Townsend. He's had what four, five, six different loans. Now he's in an England international. He needed the time to develop. But if I look at someone like I don't know, don't you remember John Joe Dickman from years ago? Yeah, he was was it twenty three, twenty four by the time he left Sunderland, and by that point, he's got no league experience. Exactly. He's he's now out of the game. Now it's not fair for a young lad to do so, and I can see your point there. But again, some players do develop later. I mean, Townsend's for one. He hasn't developed later, it's just he needed the games. Mm. He's now an England international, probably going on the, on the plane to go over. David the, Beckham, the David the Beckham was, be, was, be, was behind yeah. scores and everybody, wasn't he? He yeah, was, he he was 21 or 22, yeah. wasn't he, before he started? Um, but they, they, I mean, I know McLean's spell didn't end well, but there's an example of a 24-year-old lad who came in and you know tore up the Premier League for six mm-hmm. months. That did happen. It, you know, He was bad at the end. Like He didn't play <laughs> well for that year, but you know, that's six months. He did. He did do very well, and he was a very good player for that spell. Players develop like different times. Like I remember Quinny's book. Um, who was it? Was it Clifford Byrne? The lad. Yeah. Who, he was like saying he, he was made him captain. Yeah, when a Scunthorpe. Yeah. yeah. And he's. I think he is still at Scunthorpe, and he I might think he's still left now. Believe it or not. Has yeah. he just recently just left? He was yeah. there for a long time though. Wasn't I used to see him in Chambers on a Saturday night. Yeah. He may well have been captain, but um, yeah, I just think it's. I'm all for the integration of youth players, but it's at the stage where you're. Be, it's becoming a disadvantage to to incorporate them to your team because the in, instant impact that it's probably going to have, it's going to be tough to if they don't perform. There's a confidence issue there, and obviously your results suffer. Um, and it's probably a safer bet to go with the known players. And yeah. I think that's probably what it's down to. So if they change the way you can utilise your, your squad, they change the rules then you're more inclined to take that chance and that applies across the board, that applies to every team. So every team's having to take the risk. Because you can't, I just don't agree, like the loan system irritators, like I think it affects a lot of the youth um, element of things. Too many, it, 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 um, it creates situations where bigger teams are expending a lot of money on young foreign players, bringing them over and then farming them out on loan. Um, so they're stockpiling good players and then just loaning them out. That is, yeah. So, like Lukaku was off. I was talking about before, but Lukaku was off playing for Everton, scoring goals against, you know, rivals mm-hmm. of, of Chelsea. You look at someone, someone like Jack Rodwell, and you, you question his wisdom. Don't Rodwell, you? Sinclair. A couple of players used to do it. Scott Parker, when he went to Chelsea from Charlton, and how mm-hmm. long did that take him to, re- to to sort of get his career back? Mm-hmm. He was back in the England squad, but he was at the age of thirty, and mm-hmm. he, he sort of wasted five. Oh, he's about my age, so yeah, he wasted a good five or six years, didn't he? It's it's an interesting one. It's going to take. Then we wonder why we don't produce yeah. players anymore. So mm. it's it's not so much. I think the, the sky money side of things is, is just demanding results now. Yeah. And then we wonder why we can't have an England team that go anywhere near. That's why they need. It's all see the the money 
the money dictates the, dictates the game. It does. If they change the rules in the game, then the money can't dictate it anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's that's that comes down. We talked about before what European competitions. I think they should strip it right down. Go back to two going in the Champions League, and not four. It, then it puts more importance on the getting to the FA Cup final, mm-hmm. the League Cup final, which means all competitions become stronger. The league becomes stronger because people aren't battling for fourth; they're battling for third to get into the Europa League. Stuff like that. So if you change the rules, then that has a, a you know, the product with the product of the football, the product of the Premier League or whatever, is what it is in that package, mm-hmm. and the money isn't going to get less because of that. It's mm-hmm. going to stay the same. It's going to get more, in my opinion. And it's the same with the, if they change the loan system, they change the way youth players can be utilised in a sensible way, then that's going to have effect that's going to affect the entire game and it's yeah. probably going to make changes that take time but the way it's going at the moment I just think I, I agree with Luke I, I, I understand with the managers why I don't want to risk these players but I agree with Luke that it's a detriment to, to players like Jordan Pickford um, Joe they just I know. just can't see where not where the inspiration comes from it's just they're, they're the good players and they're not no, it's not they're not giving a chance. I completely, to be honest, I agree with what, what Poyer is doing. I would probably do the same if I was in his position. He gets paid to make those decisions. It's just when does Sunderland ever produce a player anymore? You know, it's, mm. it's been a while since we've had Henderson out. We've got a call back. Waghorn and McLean, funnily enough, I guess, could you class McLean? I mean, McLean playing the East, but time, yeah, he I mean, spent time with Waghorn and McLean playing I mean, wing uh, for, for, Wick, for Wigan. Yeah, I, 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 I spoke to, to Gus. Um, just before he signed, he signed um, a story, and he sort of was driving towards the fact. Then, like I touched on earlier, he was driving towards the fact that were we were in a better league position, he per- could perhaps rely mm-hmm. on Pickford to play. But you know, I think, his, I think his words were position. his words were, "Do I want to go to Old Trafford for a, a, a semi-final and throw Jordan Pickford?" In the team, if our goalkeeper gets injured, and or gets food, cook a food poison yeah. in the hotel the night mm. before, and it's a results business, and people haven't got the patience, and it's a tricky one, isn't it? And maybe, maybe we'll we'll do something in in the close season and get some people on who know a it's little all, bit more yeah. about this than us. It's and, all about mm-hmm. risk, isn't it? And um, and we'll have a little good old chinwag about that. But I would like to thank my guests who come on today: Luke Ball, Gareth Barker, as always. And Nick. we had Nick <laughs> Nick Holden. I was going to search for the jingle there, but I can't. No, it's, it's too far we've, gone. Uh, it's too far the shark gone. Been well yeah. true, jumped <laughs> Jim Daly, who's from the Five Year Plan, which is a podcast and a fanzine, primarily fanzine, and we- yeah, fanzine website. It's very, it's actually very, very good as yeah. well. Go and check that out if you feel inclined to do so. That took our mind off the game for the for ten minutes or so. But um, something else to moan about. Yeah. I'm kind of disappointed. Um, we we didn't argue earlier on in the show a little bit more than we did. Well, will argue that if you want. Gareth, Gareth, no, Gareth agreed with me. The people overreacted anyway. He's back down. Didn't say that. Yes, he did. Okay, yeah, we'll finish the show there. Thanks for listening, people. I'll see you next time. Over and out. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market